Welcome to episode 57 of the Empowering Ability Podcast. You are listening to the Empowering Ability Podcast and making expectations for what is possible for people with developmental disabilities. Here is your host, my brother, Elton. Hey folks, welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast. Happy to have you joining and listening in today. And today uh, I have a awesome guest that I'm excited to bring to you that you hear about quite frequently, um, but you might not hear their voice too often. So today's guest is my sister, Sarah. And Sarah has been on the podcast before. Uh, the last time was roughly about a year ago, uh, where she was on talking about what's important to her um, in terms of support and supporters. And we had one of her supporters join us to talk about, you know, uh, support principles and also, you know, hiring support, managing support, those types of good things. So if that interests you, you can go back into the archives and uh, catch that episode. But this episode, the purpose of it is to allow Sarah to share what's been going on in, in her life and um, all of the, the growth and, um, you know, experiences that Sarah has had over this last year, which involved uh, moving out of uh, mom and dad's home for the very first time. So that being a massive step in my sister's life. And I wanted to give her the opportunity to, to share that experience. And maybe there's something in there that, uh, that your family can, can learn from that. So, uh, without any further ado, here's my sister, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. So it's been a little while since you've been on the podcast, probably about a year or so. Um, we had, you came on with uh, one of your supporters, Sylvia, and we're talking all about support. So it's nice to have you back on the podcast today. And um, I mentioned you a lot on the podcast. So um, I've had some requests from listeners to get a bit of an update for you and how things are going and how your life's changing and evolving and what you might be able to to share and offer. Um, so excited that you're back here to, to share more of what's been going on for you and to share what you've been learning and your insights so that we can all learn from you. So excited to, to do that today. So thank you. Um, so maybe we could just give a little bit of a, a recap around your story and, and then we can get into what your last six months, what your last year has looked like. How does that sound? Okay with me. Okay, so you're in your mid thirties now. So sorry to um, to to spoil that. At least I didn't call you forty. So I know you don't like that. Um, <laughs> uh, so I guess going back to what growing up was like for you, uh, you went to school to about 21 is that right yeah and then at 21 you left high school which was a special needs or a segregated classroom right yeah and f- 
from there, where did you go? To Humble Toy. Right, so you did that a few days a week? Uh, twice. Twice a week? And that was over a couple year period? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And then, more or less, for from when you graduated high school till you're about 35, you were at mom and dad's house and you spent a lot of time in their basement. Yeah, I... Yeah, I did. Right. So, what would your typical day look like once you grad, like once you graduated high school and you were at mom and dad's place? What would a typical day look like? Mom and dad did everything for me. Right. So they did pretty much everything for you, right? And how much choice or control did you have? During that time, I had no choice. And I think mom and dad were had had the best of intentions for you, right? And they were trying to be as helpful as possible, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, but what that resulted in is you not having much of an opportunity to to do things, right? Yeah. Right. And so when I reflect back on it, you know, you went from a segregated classroom into, um, you know, the institution of home. And what it helped me realize is that you don't have to live in a, an institution or a group home to have choice and control taken away from you. And so, you know, the last couple of years where you live with mom and dad, what did that look like? Was it a happy time? Was it a frustrating time? Mm. Mm. Well, I stayed downstairs in the basement for most of my time. Mm-hmm. And were you getting along with mom and dad? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Really? You were? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. What what percentage of the time were you guys getting along? Doing mm-hmm. about half. About half, right? There was a lot of tension. You were pushing back to have your voice heard, right? Yeah. It seemed to me like you didn't feel like you were heard and, and understood, and you were really fighting to be heard. Yeah, I yeah, I was right, and that created some quite a bit of conflict. And tension. And tension, right? So that resulted in um, us having a lot more conversations as a family to figure out to help you figure out what you wanted in your life, and to help you create a vision to move forward with your life in the way that you wanted, and also, as a family, what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, it did. Right? And then I moved home for four months. Remember that? Yeah. To help with that. That was in 2015, I think. And... 
you decided that you'd wanted to move out, you'd wanted to have your own place, right? But I don't think mom and dad were comfortable enough to say, yep, you know, you can go move half an hour away and have your own place. That was too big of a jump for them. Yeah. Right? So in uh, July of 2018, what, where did you move to? With my brother. With me. I'm your brother, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so let's talk a little bit about that. How was that experience for you? I am a lot more independent now. Right. So let's talk about what that means because you are definitely more self-reliant like you've had the opportunity to do more things yourself so we'll talk about that but you're more um you're not as dependent on mom and dad as you used to be is that accurate yeah yeah so this has been about six months now or maybe a little bit more than that eight months right since you've had a home that you can call your own right so let's first talk about how you feel about your decision making so when you're at mom and dad's house what percentage of decisions do you feel you were able to make when you were living with mom and dad a little bit a little bit so like less than half yeah less than half less than half okay and now that you're, you've got a home of your own, um, what percentage of decisions do you feel you're able to make in your own home now? I don't, I don't want. A lot more? Like more than half? Yeah, like, more than half. Like the majority of them? Yeah. And to make decisions, who do you, who do you go to if you need some help making a decision? My support circle. Your support circle, right. And how often do you meet with your support circle? Once a month. About once a month, yeah. So what are the things that you've had the opportunity to do now that you've got your own pad? Hmm. You do my own dishes, do my own laundry. Your own dishes, your own laundry. What else? Prepare my own breakfast before. Right, so with your support team, right? So you've got a, a supporter that, that helps you. So they help you prep your breakfast, your lunch. They help you guys make dinner together. Yeah, we do. Right. And does your support just do everything for you, or how does that work? I help them. Right, so they're doing it with you? We we, we, we work together. You work together, yeah. Which is, is that a change for you? It's a big change. (laughs) Why is that a big change? I, I, I... Needed to know how to do it. To do pretty much everything, right? Yeah. 
And why is that? Why have you had to learn to do everything? Do everything for me. Right, when you're living at their place. Yeah. So you've had the opportunity to live everyday life, right? And it's... Has that been easy or has that been hard? Have you, you know, what feelings have come up for you as you've learned, been learning all these things? Mm. It was hard at, at first. It's hard at first, yeah. No, it's easier. Now it's getting easier, right? So it's, I've been watching you kind of go through these cycles of being overwhelmed and then, you know, and then I think at first, you like mom and dad, I would describe it as underwhelmed because everything was done for you. <laughs> and then moving in here, you kind of got overwhelmed with all the things, right? And then, you know, we started pulling some things back and say, like, okay, let's learn one or two things at a time, right? And it's just figuring out where that sweet spot is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the authors that I follow, um, James Clear, he writes a lot on... Um, creating good habits and he talks about um he has a book called atomic habits and he talks about the goldilocks principle have you ever heard of that before uh, no no i haven't explained it to you do you want me to explain it yeah so the goldilocks principle uh basically stems from the research of we have optimal growth so we grow the most uh, as human beings when the challenge that's in front of us is four percent harder than what we think we're capable of right so i guess it's hard to understand what exact what challenges are four percent harder than what we feel we're capable of but basically the principle is if the challenge is too big right so if you're standing in front of mount everest right and you look at it and you're like how am i going to climb to the top of that or how am i going to wheel my wheelchair to the top of that or my power chair is not making it to the top of that then we kind of get overwhelmed and we're just like okay i'm not even gonna try it right like i give up and on the other side of things if things are too easy if it's just a little speed bump right? The challenge, a little hill to climb up. You're like, oh, well, that's kind of just too easy, right? And then you're not really motivated to do it either. So it's finding those challenges that are kind of right in the middle, right? 4% higher, those those hills where it's like, oh, I don't know if I can make it up that, but eh, maybe. So I'm going to give it a try, right? So it's trying to find that sweet spot in terms of, you know, how do you keep moving forward? How do you keep growing? How do you keep challenging? yourself but challenges that are doable right not challenges that feel like they're too hard and cause too much overwhelm right so have you noticed that sometimes the challenges are too big and you feel overwhelmed mm -hmm. yeah i find that they're getting easier they're getting easier yeah right and it's maybe because you're doing one one new challenge or learning one new thing or two new things at a time versus 10 yeah yeah 
Um, so you've you've grown a lot, and it's just having the opportunity, right? So what I noticed, do you want to talk about your relationship with mom a little bit? Okay. So what was that like at first, right? Because you went from mom doing everything to mom doing very little in terms of caregiving, right? Yeah. So can you share what that transition was like in terms of your relationship with mom? Um, well, she wanted to do everything for me. So she still wanted to do everything for you? Yeah. And how did that go? It was pretty good that she wanted to do everything for you? No. So she wanted to do everything for you, right? So that kind of codependency between you and mom. So you depending on mom and mom just kind of being also dependent on you in a way in terms of her role as a caregiver, right? Not just being what she always did. She was kind of dependent on you to be able to do those things and satisfy that role of caregiver, right? And she had a strong desire to do those things. So when you moved out of mom and dad's place um, and to having your own place and living together with me as a roommate, what was the agreement to kind of, so everybody can move forward. So was the agreement for mom to still be in that caregiving and support role? No. What was the agreement? Or what is the agreement? What, what if? For your support workers to... To... To support you, right? Instead of mom? Yeah. Right? And allowing mom to be mom? Yeah. Instead of a supporter or a caregiver? Yeah. Yeah. So, was that a difficult transition for you, or was that an easy transition for you? It was difficult at first. It was difficult at first? Yeah. And why was that difficult? I didn't know what to do. You didn't know what to do? So you didn't know maybe how to direct your supporters? Yeah. Okay. Was there anything else that was difficult about that? No. No? Did it change the relationship between you and mom? Yes. How did it change your relationship with mom? Mom Mom still wanted to be one of your supporters? Yeah. Right? And it was just, that's what she's always done, right? So she's, that pattern was, you know, those habits were just deeply built and ingrained, right? And she just wanted to be helpful? Yeah, pretty much. Right. But by mom being helpful, I noticed that it was taking the opportunities for you to try things and to learn away from you. Do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was difficult, right? Yeah. 
And it was probably difficult for mom, too. Right? Yeah. Did she talk to you about that, or? Not really. Not really? Okay. So, she didn't really talk to me about it, either, but uh, I bet it was difficult for her. So, you know, I've seen you grow immensely in this role of a contributing adult, right? And then a contributing roommate, which has been quite awesome. Um, and I've also seen you grow in your role as a daughter. So what are some of the things that you've done as a daughter since moving out of mom and dad's place? I've been in mom and dad's birthday dinner. Yeah, so you invited them and their friends over? Yeah. And made dinner? Yeah. With, how'd you do that? With my supporters. Right, so your supporters helped you do that, which has been awesome, and I think mom and dad really appreciated that, and you surprised them. And you've also been consistently working on getting involved in the community. So where have you been doing that? The YMCA. The YMCA, and you do a workout there. Is that right? I do. A, I do a workout. Yeah. Right on. And you're also right now working on uh, a volunteer position, right? So, mm-hmm. what type of volunteer role are you? I think you've been accepted for the role. It's just paperwork stuff that you're working on right now, right? Yeah. And what are you going to be doing? And their parents. Working with kids with their pa- and their parents. It's like a is it a daycare it's program? Middle you don't need to say that. Is it a daycare program? Yeah. Uh, yes. It's a daycare program. Right on. And why are you interested in interested in that? I would like to do some volunteer or Yeah, you want to volunteer, but why there? I have I'm class there, but I attend. You have a class there and you attend, right? So you've seen people at this daycare program, but why daycare? You could volunteer anywhere, right? So why daycare? I think I enjoy working with kids and their parents. Okay, so it's... You think you might have an interest and you want to try it out? Yeah. Right on. And that's something you're planning on doing every week? Yeah. Yeah, right on. And so that'll be um, good to get some experience because you've never, you haven't had a, a paid job yet. Well, I guess you have. You've done some administrative work for me, right? Yeah. Some data entry. But in terms of having a paid job in the community, that's something you're working toward? Yes, I am. Right. Oh, and I did remember to... So people have been uh, telling me that they enjoy the new podcast intro. So thank you for for doing that. And did you get paid for that? 
Yes. <laughs> Good. And you got paid much more than the, the first guy. So the, <laughs> the first guy that um, I had do the podcast intro, I hired through Fiverr. So it only cost me five bucks. So I want to let you know that you're much more expensive than him. Okay. <laughs> That's all you have to say to that? Yeah. Okay. You just you just named your price, right? And you got it? Is that yeah. how it worked? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you've shared kind of your journey over the past eight months, Sarah, and, you know, the struggles that you've had and the growth that you've had. And um, what, for you, was through that journey was most helpful? Like, were there things that really helped you through that big transition and change in your life? My support circle. Your support circle? Okay. And how were they helpful? Meeting up with ideas for me. Yeah, they came up with ideas. Do you have any, um, can you be more specific? Like, were there specific ideas that they came up with, with that were helpful? Yes, they were. So was there, can you give us an example of a challenge that you took to your support circle and that they helped you with? Moving in with my brother. So moving in in general, yeah. One that comes to mind was um, staying overnight alone. Yeah. Right, and helping you think through that. Yeah. Come up with solutions. And do you do that now? Yeah. And is that a big deal now? No. But was it a big deal? Yeah. Right? To start off. To start off, but you're good now? Yeah. Right? And there's an emergency, you've got a plan if if you if you needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what are maybe so your support circle was helpful, they gave you lots of ideas to challenges that you were coming up against. What else was you know, really helpful as you went through this transition the last several months. They will always be here for me. Who will always be there for you? My support circle. Right, your support circle will. And your support circle is like your personal support network, right? So it's the people that care about you that love you, that help are helping you to to make decisions where you're feeling challenged to make a decision. Does that actually accurately describe where your support circle is? Yeah. Yeah, it's a group of people. And you also communicate them. Do you communicate? So you meet with them about once a month. Do you also communicate with them outside of that? Yeah. Okay, and how do you do that? Uh, email. Email. Text message. And text message. And any other way? Skype. You Skype them? No. No, not really. But you do call them. Yeah. Um, okay, what else has been helpful? Having a phone conversation with them. Having a phone conversation with people? Yeah. And what about the... So you have phone conversations with your circle... What about um, 
the conversations you have with uh, with Sylvia are those helpful? Yeah. Yeah. So you also talk to Sylvia about challenges that that you have. Yeah, that come up. That come up, right? And Sylvia kind of acts like a, a coach in that way. Yeah. So it's like a phone call that you have. How often? Every week. Every week. Okay. And what else has been helpful? Mm. Just talking about it. Just talking about it, right? So, what does that mean? Just talk about the problems. Just talk about. Talk my problems through. Talk your problems through, right? That's been a huge thing, like talking about how you're feeling about things, where you're frustrated, right? You didn't really, I didn't really see you do that very much at the beginning, but now you're doing that quite frequently, right? Yeah. And a lot of that's been communication with your new supporters, right? To tell them how they can best help you. Yeah. Right? And what your expectations are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I've also noticed you starting to meditate with a meditation app. Has that been helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it has. How have you have you noticed anything different? Something. What have you noticed? I can talk to my problem with my sport was. So you think it might be helping you a little bit with that? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, you know, what's what's next for you? So, you've been living here and we've been roommates for the last eight months, but it's not the final stop on your journey. So... What's the next step for you that you want? Uh, get my own apartment or townhouse. Your own apartment or townhouse? Um, Guelph. Guelph, right. So, a city that has... Public transportation. Public transportation, right? Because where we are, what's... How's the transportation? Yeah, no. Right, there's no transportation, right? So that makes it difficult for you to get out. On your own? Yeah. And you want that? Yeah. Right. So, an apartment or townhouse of your own, and who would you be living with? Anybody, or would you want to, to live with someone, or are you, is your plan to live on your own? Mm-hmm. My plan is to live with, with a woman. With a roommate or maybe two roommates? Yeah. Okay, right on. So, and then, you know, how far away is that for you? A month. A couple of months? So, like, two months you're going to have a home of your own? More than two months. Yeah, so how far away? Yeah. Maybe like a year, year and a half, something like that? Maybe. Two years. Yeah. Well, 
I think we agreed that it's like a year, year and a half, right? Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. And how do you feel about that? Mm. I really haven't thought about it. You haven't thought about it? Well, you've been too busy learning how to live on your own? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it'll be a little bit scary, just like it was a little bit scary moving out of mom and dad's place for the first time. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. But I don't know. You don't know yet? Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on the the podcast, Sarah. It was nice to uh, be able to interview you and reflect on, you know, where you've come from and all the awesome things that you've learned and how you've grown uh, tremendously as as a um, you know a young woman as a sister as a daughter as someone who's starting to contribute and give back to her community at the local YMCA and um, it's been awesome to to watch so I'm excited to see you know what the next few months, what the next year, or the next couple of years look like for you and to continue to watch you to grow. So thanks for coming on the podcast today. You welcome. Now, as we wrap up this podcast episode, I want to ask you one quick favor. I want to ask you to sign up and subscribe to the Empowering Ability podcast on your smartphone. So whether you have an Apple or an Android phone, you can do this. So if you have an Apple phone, it's just the podcast icon, the purple icon on your phone. Click on that and then type in Empowering Ability in the search. Empowering Ability in the search. And if you're on Android, any podcast app that you use, it could be Spotify or it could be Podbean or it could be Stitcher, whatever podcast app you're using, just go to your podcast app and type in Empowering Ability and hit subscribe and new episodes will go directly to your phone. So this helps in terms of me getting you new episodes um, and it helps to grow the it helps to grow empowering abilities so if you could stop what you're doing and go to your podcast app type in empowering ability and hit subscribe that would be incredible uh, i also want to remind you that you can subscribe this is a different kind of subscribe subscribe to empowering ability by going to the website empoweringability.org and contributing your hard-earned dollars towards the development of new content new episodes new blogs and the new paid content that is coming you will get access to that by subscribing now and you can select the level of subscription that you would like to uh, move forward with so that's totally up to you what you you would like to pay, but it's a huge benefit towards um, the development of this work, the continuation of this work, and it's also investment an investment in yourself. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Uh, if you like this episode and you think you know someone that would benefit, please share it with them. Uh, be a part of the change. Think differently about disabilities.